So here's what everyone's talking about right now. Growth, 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 scale, scale, scale. How do I get more leads? How do I grow my profits? How do I double my business? How do I grow 5X? How do I grow 10X? Well, today I'm talking to Glenn Lundy, who actually grew a business 800%. That's right, 800% in five years. And he built the framework for it called the 800% Club. And today he's teaching you taking you behind the scenes on the strategies, the tactics, the technology, and the psychology that wraps inside this 800% club. Just utilizing a small fraction of this and installing it into your life can have unimaginable results. So let's get behind the scenes with Glenn Lundy on the 800% club, and it starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. So Glenn, you got to tell me about this eight hundred percent club thing, man. We're uh, I, I, that's it, the person who's recording hit play on this episode. And they're like eight hundred percent. What is that? What's this eight hundred percent? So the eight hundred percent club is my way of working with owners and general managers of car dealerships all across the country. And uh, really where it came from is I worked at a a small dealership in a small town. I started there in 2011 and we were able to grow that dealership 800% over a period of just under six years. And so we went from being complete no-name dealership selling 120 cars a month to the second largest used car dealership in the country. And this was in a tiny little town population, 9,600 people, tiny little town, Paris, Kentucky. And so that's where the 800% number comes from. And when I left that store, I started working with dealers across the country. And uh, I got to tell you, man, at first, when I first went working with dealers across the country, I was doing the whole jump on a plane, go spend a day in their dealership. They had to like wine and dine me and take me to dinner and like, (laughs) you know, make sure I was okay and pay for my hotel and my airfare and like all this stuff, dude. And I'd go there and I'd spend the whole day and I'd be like, this place is a wreck, bro. You've got to do this, 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 and this, right. And I'd map it out and they'd be like, you're the best. And then I'd leave. And then two weeks later, I'd call them and I'd be like, how are things going? And they're like, Glenn, this is the most amazing transformative stuff ever. And I was like, dude, great. This is working. Then two weeks after that, I'd call them and they'd be like, dude, this stuff's like really good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'd go like, okay. And then two weeks later, I'd call them and they'd be like, ah, we kind of forgot to do that. Like we remember you telling us, but we don't really know. And that's, that's how people typically are, right? You get all excited, motivated, you're jacked up, and then you lose it over time and you revert back to what you were doing before. And so I was banging my head against the wall like, dude, these guys are paying me big money. We're getting small results, but not what I want. 
I'm leaving my family for three days at a time to work with one dealer. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And so I created the 800% club as a way to virtually train because all my dealers have the exact same problems. It doesn't yeah. matter where you are. It's all the same problems. Virtually train, work directly with the owners of the organizations, far more cost effective. And I train them in groups versus one dealership at a time. So now I have groups of like 20 dealerships. They mastermind amongst themselves. I lead the charge with the training. It's way more cost effective. I can help way more dealers. And I eat breakfast and dinner with my kids every day. That's, that's so, so it, it, this, is, this is really good. Um, the question I have for you is, you have a, I'll, ma- I'll make stuff up, right? Because the person listening always thinks that, hey, my business is, is so unique. It's completely different. No one understands this. Sure. Uh, it is, and if you take that, that same business, say from in Paducah, Kentucky to wherever, somewhere else, right? And there are a lot of similarities and that it's not just from a, in the automotive business, it's the same in the real estate business. It's the same in insurance, wherever. How do you talk to somebody who is thinking right now, ah, that's not my market. That won't work for me. That's, you know, my business is different. How do we get them to understand and have that level up and thinking that, hey, there, there may be some fundamentals here that you can install that could help you after all? So it's impossible to convince anyone of anything that they don't want to be convinced <laughs> of, right? We see that in the world today, right now. It doesn't matter what stats, what facts, what you post, whatever. You know, people believe what people believe and perception is reality. And so I follow a process because my dealers are like that. They're like, well, no, dude, you got to come in store. Our store is different. We're in a different market. We've got different obstacles and so on and so forth. And so what I do is I follow this process. I I have a process called LEAD, right? L-E-A-D-D. I put two D's on it and I'll explain why here in a second. So that is an acronym that I use anytime I'm having a conversation with a prospect, my kids, my wife, whatever. So the L in lead stands for listen. We got to listen first, right? So in your particular example, I would say to that business owner, instead of me saying, hey, this is a solution for you, I would say, what are the problems you need a solution for? And then I listen and you tell me what the problem is and that type of thing. And then that gives me an opportunity here in a minute, not quite yet, but it gives me an opportunity to come around and be able to show you the solutions and how what I do does work for you. But first I have to listen to you, right? I can't just go selling you right out the gate because you're not going to want to hear it. So we listen first. We always follow that with encouragement. The E in lead stands for encourage. So a lot of times people listen only so that they can defend. That's the only reason they're listening. That's good. I need you to listen so that you can encourage something about what that person said, because it always adds value, right? right? So in your particular example, you're like, nope, I'm in a different market. That, that won't work for me. Here's why, here's why, here's why. And I, and I encourage and go, oh man, I could completely understand why your particular market would be more difficult than the other markets. Right. I totally get that, man. I can't believe that you've been able to get as far as you've been able to get with the challenges that you've had already. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, wow. In, incredible job, right? So by doing that, now we shift the energy. We transfer the energy. I've listened to you. I've encouraged you. And now I can go to the A in lead, which stands for advise, uh-huh. right? 
So now that, now that I've done those two things, you're now more open to listen to my advice because I've listened to you first and I've encouraged your behaviors. So now I can go in, I can go, oh, you told me all your problems. Oh man, I can't believe that you did so well in, with all of those problems. Here's a couple areas that I could maybe suggest that would make, make what you're doing even better. Just enhance what you're already doing, but we could make it better, right? So now I can advise. Once I've done that, and this is where a lot of managers, and there's a big difference between a manager and a leader, right? Most managers just advise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't listen. They don't encourage. <laughs> they just advise. They go straight to the A, which you're, you're missing half the game here. But once I've listened, encouraged, and advised you on some solutions, now it's my responsibility to develop. The D in lead stands for develop. I can't just tell you what to do. I got to show you how to do it. Right. I want us to have a relationship, me and you. We're going to work together side by side. We're going to meet together every single week. And I'm going to show you the strategies, the tactics and the things that I'm talking to you about that I advise you to do. But we're going to do it together. I'm not just going to give it to you and walk away. Right. Mm -hmm. So listen, encourage, advise and develop. And then we add another D to the word lead, because this is something that everyone should be doing daily. And literally, whether you're talking to your kids, same thing. Listen to what they have to say encourage what they're doing right, advise them on a way that they maybe should do it differently, and then develop the process, show them how to do it. With your spouse, listen, encourage, advise, develop prospects all the way across the board, even on your social media. That's how you should be handling your social media. Listen to your people. What do they want, right? Encourage that behavior. Say their name, respond to their comments. Mm -hmm. Then you can advise them, develop a relationship, and do it every day. It's so good. Um, I think just the you know, uh, the encouraged part is insanely powerful, right? Because yeah, you just man. create this awesome energy of, um, whoa, cool. Glenn and I are in this together. He recognizes that I am unique, which is true. You're not, that's it's right. not, it, which is totally true because we're all unique individuals. And, but that sets the framework for everything that comes after, right? Which that's is right. Way cool. Um, you said you hit on the last D, which kind of hit a nerve with me, the daily stuff. Um, I, I am a, I'm a daily kind of guy. I'm a cadence kind of guy. I do, I do a few things, but I do them every single day. Right. And um, my dad said this, uh, this phrase, which I thought was super powerful. And he always said, uh, he said, Sharon, your, your cadence is your credibility. And like, that always sticks with me. It's like your cadence is your credibility. And it's like, not that you showed up once is but how you showed up every time. Not that you made the one call, but you made every call. Not that you did one blog post, but you did every blog post. Question for you is how do we kind of install, encourage, uh, inspire daily action in, in our teams? So you really it's education, right? We have to, you have to educate people on why that's so powerful and why that's so important. Uh, anytime you're trying to motivate someone to take action, anyone, anytime you're trying to get someone to move, typically the response for most humans is, is due to a lack of understanding. We have a lack of confidence, right? And so we don't want to take that particular action. I can't do that. There's no way I could get up that early every day. There's no way I could make that many calls. There's no way I could do that many sales. There's no way I could run that many miles, right? We, we have this comfort thing in our mind going on and we have fears and anxieties and so on and so forth. And so the only way to really motivate people into action is you have to increase their 
confidence. And the only way to increase confidence is through competence, Mm -hmm. which is knowledge, understanding, education. So if I'm looking like, for example, you know, uh, with my kids, I'm all about powerful morning routines. I am the morning routine guy. That is my cadence. That is what I do. It's the exact same way every single day. And I believe in the power of that. And so I'm trying to instill that in my, in my children. And, and, and so instead of just saying, Hey, you go wake up and do what dad does every single day. Cause they don't respond to that. Instead, I educate them on other areas of their life. For example, that they do have a cadence. Hey, Joel, look how many times you've swung that baseball bat and look how much better you hit the ball now. Right? Like when you first started swinging, you couldn't even hit it. And look at you now, we're two seasons in, you get you get a hit every single time you're at bat. That's because of all those times that you swung. If you do that with your morning routine, you can get same results, right? Or I go to some other area, you played that video game. Look, in the beginning, you couldn't even get past level one. Now you played it so many times, now you're able to get to level 10, it's easy. So I try to extract experiences where they, they've already seen a result, so right. that I can make that connection for them. Look, your consistent cadence got this result. So now let's create a new cadence to get the ultimate result that you're trying to get. And you can do the same thing with your employees yeah. or you know, anybody else. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a sharing of a belief system of sorts, right? It worked sure. in one area, so it, it, tran- it could transfer over. At least it gives them that. Um, what part of, you know, with, with a lot of the, at least... Uh, a portion of the principals and business owners that you coach have huge sales functions. And with sales functions, we, we know that we've seen benefits of accountability. And when, when you talk about kind of the daily practice of stuff, could you talk maybe about how, how does accountability work? What are your thoughts around accountability? Is it a, is it mechanical? Is it a philosophy? Is it a responsibility? Um, And specifically, like, how do you, how do you suggest like deploying accountability into people's lives? So accountability is required. It is a must. Uh, everyone needs it. Don't let anyone fool you. We all need it. That's, that's why all highly successful people still have coaches and mentors and masterminds and all of that stuff. Uh, account, accountability is a necessary function for those that want to perform at a high level. Uh, professional athletes, they have accountability, all of that stuff. The way to really instill accountability, the easiest way to instill accountability is through structure. Uh, A lot of times, especially in the car business, what I run into is you've got the manager who every day at the end of the day says, hey, um, Sharon, you didn't do your phone calls today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, Sharon, you didn't do your emails today. Hey, Sharon, you didn't do what you were supposed to do today. I need you to do that tomorrow, right? And then you go home and you're like, man, I sucked. I'm going to do good tomorrow. And you come in the next day and then you get a phone call or you get a whatever. And it's the end of the day and you're standing in front of your manager and you didn't do it again. Right. And he thinks he's holding you accountable because he's challenging you at the end of every day. But what he hasn't done is created a structure for you so that you can actually get, get it done. Right. So with my teams right out the gate, very first thing I do with leaders is we set up a morning routine and a structure for their salespeople. So I treat their their dealership just like it's a person. 
And we have, it's just like my, my belief in my morning routine for an individual. I think every business needs to have one. So if it's 830, that's when you start, then everybody starts at 830. The high performing guy doesn't get to come in a little late because he's the high performer. The manager that's not, you know, really a team player doesn't get to go hide at his desk. We <laughs> all start at 830 together. We follow this process of listen, encourage, advise, and develop, right? We use that as a, uh, to, to figure out how we want to structure our meetings. And then we have a meeting in the morning, give everybody direction. And then from there, nine o'clock, we head out into smaller teams so that we can get that individual. Hey, let's get into your CRM. Who do you need to call? What problems are you having? What objections can we help you over with? So on and so forth. We go from there. Then we go, okay, we're done with that part. Now I need you to go stage your appointments, right? If you've got any appointments for today. So we give them a structure and a routine that helps them to be successful. I learn a lot from my kids, dude. You know, I got seven kids. <laughs> a lot of the things I apply in business just comes from my kids, dude. Yeah. Kids with no structure oh. is chaos. Chaos. Oh, yeah. Kids with structure, they perform at a super high level, right? They respond to structure. And so, so many people are afraid. Well, they're an adult. They should be self-motivated. They should be able to do, you know, I shouldn't have to babysit them. Wrong, dude. You're the leader and actually not wrong. You shouldn't have to babysit, but you should put a structure in place, yeah. an organized system so they know what to do when they get there so that you can get the result you want at the end. You owe them that as a leader. I, 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 lo I love that. You said, um, uh, I'd love for you to maybe expand on one thing tactically, if you would. The, uh, we've had um, across all our businesses, we do similar things like a daily huddle kick off every morning with the huddle. And there are times where let's say we decide for some reason that day that we either skip the huddle, two people are sick, whatever, right? Literally that's, that, that day would go down as like the most unproductive day of the year. Right. Uh, just right. for not having that very specific morning huddle. And we don't, it's, it's 15 minutes. We follow the same routine every time. And I know you've seen not just in the, I, Glenn, I really believe that if, it, especially with the automotive side and the other businesses that you advise, especially on the automotive side, you're talking about insane performance, right? They're, they don't get paid until a result happens. That's right. So, so from a performance perspective, that structure needs to be super powerful. So uh, are there any guidelines or recommendations you have for the listener right now who's thinking, okay, I want to put a little daily huddle in my, in place. How do I, like, what are the pieces that I need to like, put in place to have this be a good daily huddle. Yeah, it, it really, and I, and I apologize for referring to the, uh, the lead acronym again, but it's just such a powerful thing when it yeah. comes to leadership. So my daily meetings and the way that I ask my leaders to set them up is first of all, if, if you're going to have a daily meeting, you need to be the first one in the room. Mm. Let's just start there. That's good. All right. There's so many managers that expect everyone else to be on time. And then they trickle in at like the last second. All right, guys, come on. There's time for the meeting. If it's not a priority to you, it's not going to be a priority to your people, period. Huh. Make sure that you have a plan and that you're prepped. What I suggest, because normally the fear that most of my uh, managers have with daily meetings is they're like, what am I going to talk about every day? Dude, 365 days, like that's crazy, right? And so we break it down real small. 
52 themes. I'm all about themes, right? There's 52 weeks in a year. And I guarantee you, you can, you know, 52 things that you wish your people were doing. If you just sit down and take the time to write it out. So we take, we set a theme for the week and that's what we train on all week throughout that, throughout that meeting. Right. So first one in the room, and I always set the tone, some type of encouraging music. Don't, don't start with heavy metal, Metallica, Slayer, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> like, you don't want to start your meeting with kill music. Don't start with crazy, like, uh, sexual music or crazy cuss word music. Like, you're just, you're, you're messing with people's minds, man. You don't start with something positive, encouraging, like that's uplifting, that gets the body moving, the body flowing. So we set some music. I'm the first one in the room. And part, another part of the reason I'm the first one in the room is now I can listen as people are coming in, dude, that's where the gold's at, bro. So Sharon walks in the room and he's talking to Josephine and I hear him mentioning his grandfather's sick, right? Or Thomas comes in the room and he's hanging out with Terrence and I hear him talking about how they were playing Fortnite till 3.30 in the morning last night, right? Like that's where you catch the good stuff. And then later I can come to you outside of the meeting and hey, hey, Sharon, how's your your grandfather? Yeah. How are you doing with that? How's that going, right? And I can show you that I care about the things that you care about. Or I can go to Terrence and go, hey, Terrence, Bro, you probably shouldn't be up till 3.30 in the morning <laughs> playing Fortnite, dude. You only got six sales over here on the board, buddy. Like, dude, I'll buy you a PlayStation 4 with the whole Fortnite package if you just put some more units up on the board, right? <laughs> and we can do it at a different time. You can do it on the weekend, right? But we got to listen while we're in that room so that we can find those pieces. And then we encourage every single meeting I start with um, reiterating and highlighting and, and this is what people should do, reiterate and highlight the positive behaviors you see in your organization. So for us, we needed like good reviews on Google, um, good surveys from the manufacturer. So I would start every meeting with that. Hey, look, guys, Sharon got a good review. Look what they said about him. Yeah, we read it. Everybody claps and cheers. Woo, way to go. <laughs> and by doing that behavior in front of everyone else, the other people are going, I want them to do that about me. Yeah. Right. I like, maybe if I go, if I go get a survey, will they all clap and cheer for me? Right. We, we want that. And so we listen, we encourage, then we advise at that point I can go, Hey, look, dude, you guys left 75 cars unlocked last night. You know, (laughs) you didn't, there's cigarette butts all around the dang building. Like, come on guys. Like I can do that now because you know, I care about you because I listen to you. I've encouraged you. So now I can say, this is where we need to work on. These are the areas that we need work. And then we just go into that develop piece, which is we train on whatever that theme is for the week. And so once you have a system, then it takes away the fear. See, again, it comes back to a lack of confidence, which is a lack of competence. So if we plan it ahead, we know that we're going to follow the exact same system every time. I'm going to come in early. I'm going to play the music. I'm going to listen to people. I'm going to encourage and highlight behaviors I want. And then I'm going to tell them what we need, to, you know, what they're done wrong. And then I'm going to follow that up by talking to them about how we overcome objections. Once you have that, then it's easy, man. And yeah. every time you do it, you just get better and better and better. It's so good. You know, I think the, uh, the, the just using, like you, like you said, if someone's stuck and if they're in the mindset of, well, it's not a real estate organization or it's not a, I don't have a sales organization or I don't have a performance team like Glenn or, Glenn or Sharon. Lead. 
it's Fish. like use lead on yours. It doesn't matter if it's manufacturing. I think that was the 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 while I thought the huddle was the takeaway, like the overlay of using the lead. It, now you can't tell me your market and uh, your unique company does because we know we need the huddle. Right. And now you gave them the the path, the framework on how to actually structure it, which is That's it. Which and is I have cool. some dealers, man, that are smaller. So they're like, Glenn, we don't have a morning meeting because there's only like three of us. And when they say that to me, I'm like, so those other two people aren't important enough? <laughs> is that what you're saying? And they're like, no, they're so important. I'm like, then meet with them every day. I don't care if it's just you and one other person. Meet every day. Listen, encourage, advise, and develop. Doesn't matter if it's one person, 10 people, 50 people, 100 people. Doesn't matter, man. We've got to start their day the right way. Get everybody on the same page. And that's the way to do it. That's awesome. Um, let, I want to piggyback on your lead framework one more time on when you have folks who are in consultative sales roles, which I know the person listening is in, in some form of that in some way, they're, even if they're an entrepreneur or business owner, they're, they're in a consultative sales role in some, in some way. Um, do, you, do you offer the lead framework as, a, as the framework for even the sales consultation process? Oh yeah. Every time for every, every prospect, man, um, before I ever pick up the phone and dial a potential client, I remind myself because it's real easy to go right into a sales pitch, man. Mm. Is this Mr. Johnson? Hey, Mr. Johnson, this is Glenn Lundy with 800% club. Just wanted to let you know, I've got this product and blah, 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 blah. Right. Typical salesman. And Mr. <laughs> Johnson's like, click. <laughs> so I always go into it following the exact same thing. Uh, I'll give you an example. I called uh, a referral um, potential client and I was going to, you know, go over 800% club and all that stuff. And so I called him, I'm like, Hey, you know, how are you? This is Glenn. So-and-so um, said that I should give you a call just real quick, man. What are some of the frustrations you have in your dealership? And he lays out frustration Everything. after frustration yeah. after frustration, right? He just lays it out. And I encourage, man, I can't believe you have to deal with all that. You know, that's amazing. You're still in that position. All of those things. I completely shifted my product mid call. So I was selling him a $3,000 a month product where I work with the owner of the GM. He tells me his biggest issue is the 17 sales managers and finance people that he has that are all millennials. And he has a hard time connecting with millennials. He tells me this. So I shift and instead of pitching him a $3,000 a month product to work with just him, I pitch him a $7,500 a month product to work with his team. Yeah. Boom, closes instantly, just like that. If I would have pitched him the $3,000 product, no way. Yeah. He, would, he wouldn't have been interested because he's, he's a competent guy in himself. He just didn't have any confidence in his people. So now I work with that team. I work with them every month. Uh, we're getting massive results. And so, yeah, dude, if you're going into a sales pitch, start with let, let people sell themselves. Let them tell you what they need. Yeah. You, have, you really have no idea because you don't know their unique situation. So um, I, across all, uh, across a lot of industries, and I'm hit, not not trying to get into scripting, but I've seen this happen, and uh, I love I love when people tell me things like it's my market, it won't work here, all of that. The one thing that people will say is, "Hey, Sharon, how do you respond to when someone says, well, you're the expert, you tell me,' or some version of that, right? Like, hey, hey, uh, are you interested in this car? Well, you're the expert, you tell me. Do you want to?" interested in this, in this, you know, this, you want to sell your home? Well, you're the expert, you tell me. 
it, there's some version of that that always comes about. And then they're like, well, that my discovery process got interrupted sure. because they just wanted me to tell them what to do next. How do you, how do you take that and kind of massage it back into the lead conversation? You know, you really got to go at it kind of like a doctor, right? Like if, if somebody's in that mindset, you know, I'm kind of like that. When I go into the doctor, you know, the doctor's like, um, you know, so does it hurt here? What about here? <laughs> do, when you when you cough, does it do this? Or what? Could it possibly be? And I'm like, dude, you tell me. Like, <laughs> you're the, I, I'm over here feeling like death. And you're over here asking me 900 million questions. Like, you're the doctor, you're the pro. You're supposed to have the solution. I'm supposed to lay here and you're supposed to fix me, right? I sometimes have that mindset. And so if I run into a, a potential client that has that mindset, I just take myself back to the doctor's office, right? So what does, what does the doctor do? He has to diagnose and he makes that really, really clear, right? And so he'll elaborate. Again, it comes down to education. So if, he, if I'm getting frustrated and saying, okay, hey, you just tell me what the problem is, the doctor at that point will usually give me something that's maybe a little bit over my head that I don't quite understand. And then he'll bring it back around and be yeah. like, so here's why I need to know this, this, and that. Yeah. And so I do the same thing. They're like, okay, Glenn, so just, you know, get to it. What is, what, like, what are the, what are the main things? What are you going to do for me? What are you going to solve? And I'm like, well, when it really comes down to your employee retention, and as we take a look at the overall leadership culture that you've got in your building, it ultimately comes down to a triangle of profitability with, you know, and I go into this stuff and then I go, so with all that said, there's a couple things I need to know to make sure I can serve you right. And we go right back to asking the questions. I love it. That, that, that was awesome, right? Because, because I think how you tied the, you know, the doctor throwing out uh, complex medical jargon, you and I are like, what, what did you just talk right. about? You know, do I, what's going on with me? Now, now you're like, do your thing, brother. Totally. That's right. Cool. That's right. The same thing as you just saying, Hey, I'm going to give you this model. This model is complex. But before I explain where you fit in this model, I need three or more three more questions, right? That's exactly um, right. I, I always tell we have, we have um we have a couple of programs if you do in the real estate space. And I always tell these uh, tell, tell them if you ever get boxed into a corner, all but the client wants to know is that they are that that you have competence and experience right. working with people like that. So I you know I always my, my favorite thing to if you get stuck, go back to. You know, Glenn, um, how about this? Let me just ask you the same six questions I ask all my private clients, and I will use that to build you a plan. Is that cool? Now, you're like, oh, he's going to ask me the same six questions that he asks all his private clients. Therefore, right. this is going to be... Now, if you ever get back to a corner, like you said, Glenn, what brings me back to this is there's a structure. There's a structure, right? And the st there, I get confidence and security in that structure. Right. And when, when right. the structure gets loosey goosey, that's when you have no predictability of results in any way. No doubt. hundred um, percent. Question on the, uh, to build on the accountability component. Uh, I've seen if for those, we'll link up your YouTube stuff because there are some of the stuff that you talk about from a goal setting perspective, you know, kind of the 60 to 70 days, 67 days of making it a habit, et cetera, are insanely powerful from a, I love your kind of high level thoughts on, the just the mechanics of goal setting and hey like when when you talk to somebody new that's coming into the program is there a hey is any goal okay or is the goal need to be set a certain way and does it need to get broken down so for the the, the person listening right now and they're thinking okay how do i 
how do I take this complex goal that I have and break it down? Or am I, do I even have the right goal? How would you kind of wrap that into, into the process and help them think a little bit better about their goal setting? Well, there's, there, there's two components to that. Um, and I'll refer, I'll refer to the, to the, to the, to the goal part first. So when it comes to creating a goal, uh, a friend of mine, she was actually on my, on my show. Um, she's a, a, an Olympic, um, distance runner, like one of those ultra marathoners. And, uh, she, she shared this with me. I thought it was powerful. She said, every time I, I write down a goal, I ask myself, am I really willing to make the sacrifices it's going to take to hit that goal? Huh. Right. Cause some of her goals are like, I'm going to go run 200 miles in the Himalayas. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so she's like, okay. And not that the goal is not possible, not that it's not realistic, but are you willing to make the sacrifices going to take to reach the goal? And sometimes the answer is no. Right. Like you're like, my goal is to own a private jet. OK, well, a private jet, you're probably going to need, you know, 50 million dollar net worth, which means you're going to have to do this. You're going to do that. Are you willing to do that? And the answer might be no. You might be like, nah, you know what? I think I'm cool with my 3000 square foot house and, uh, you know, and my Chevy Suburban are right there. All right. Well, let's back that down. That's OK. Totally OK. But you have to ask yourself that question first. We can't just have big dreams and not tie them to the work that it's going to be required in order to achieve it. Uh, and I think a lot of people miss that, right? I want to play in the NBA, but I don't feel like going to practice. <laughs> that don't work, man. That's not how it works. But on the other side of that, what I do with my, with my teams and my people and, and, and my kids, I believe that the biggest mistake most goal setters are making is they're not starting with gratitude. So it's very easy to start reaching, right? I want this, I want this bigger house, I want this uh, better job, I want more money, I want, I want, I want. And that, that act of I want can actually make people feel less than. It can uh. reduce your frequency and your vibe because basically you're saying what you don't have now is not mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to feel like they're not, they're not enough, right? So I think this is a huge mistake because nobody talks about this. If you combine gratitude with your goals, now it's a different frequency, right? So I'm going to give you a, a quick example. So I'm like, I want to make... $80,000 this year, right? Mm -hmm. let's, let's just say I start there. I want to make $80,000 this year. I'm currently making 40. So as soon as I say that, I'm like, I feel like I'm due. I'm at half of what I'm supposed to be. I'm about 50% capacity. All right. That's how that makes me feel. If we shift that up and we say, I am so grateful that I make $40,000 a year. Mm -hmm. I remember when I only made 20. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was homeless. I remember, you know, like we can go back and we can go, man, how amazing it is that I make 40. And then we follow that up with, you know what? I'm going to try to make 80 next year. My goal is 80 next year. Completely different frequency, right? Completely different energy, completely different vibe. So I highly suggest anyone who's got big goals, short goals, long goals, whatever it is, start with gratitude. Be thankful for what you have and where you are. And then let's reach a little bit further. And then the last little key point that I'll put in there is make sure you use I am statements, man. 
Mm. I am are the two most powerful words in all of history that are biblical for real, right? Anything following an I am statement becomes your truth. I am fat. I am ugly. I am shy. I am fearful. I am scared. I am anxious. I am nervous. I am not good enough. That Mm. becomes your reality. So make sure you write your goals with I am statements. I am making $80,000 a year. I am getting that promotion, whatever it is. We put those I am statements in front. It's a much more powerful, uh, much more powerful mental waves and frequencies that we're putting out into the universe. Oh man, so good. Um, I'd love your, um, just about this, you mentioned this, um, you know, briefly, with the with the interwebs that we have and access to all all information from everywhere, right. um, self proclaimed influencers who have never run a business, right. uh, and all that you have <laughs> out there, which is amazing, right? I, I literally have people. I, it, it's amazing. This is what fascinates me. We have people that have never talked to a client teaching us how to talk to clients, which is just fast. Which is I, I'm not saying you you know. You, you need to have played in the NBA to coach NBA. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying right. it may have helped for you to have talked to a client to write a book on objections. That, that's, that's all I'm saying, right? No doubt. Right. <laughs> so with all that, that's, <laughs> and you know, like, it's, it's the, 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 the sales trainers in our across industries, Glenn blows my mind on the, I'm good for them on, on the, the behemoths of the empires that they have built on the backs of never having talked to a client and right. telling you that they wrote the script book 23 years ago that still they've never used on anybody. Like that's right. just fascinating to me. <laughs> and, 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 and like, it just, as you can tell, I get like, this is the yeah. one thing that I get riled up about. Right. I love my, it. My question for you is how does, how does somebody who is out there with a real thirst for competence, like you said, looking and saying, Hey, maybe I can find a, Maybe I can find a YouTube video on Glenn Lundy teaching me this, or maybe I can find a blog post from Sean teaching me, whatever it may be. How does somebody discern what they should kind of absorb, take in, spend time with versus not? Mm. It's tough. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's tough in, in 2020. I mean, golly, I mean, Look at look at it right now, like with the with the all the COVID stuff, man. Like, what do you believe? What do you what do you not believe? Anything you you know you can find, you can find both sides of every argument for everything you know that exists because there's just so much content out there. So I'm a firm believer. If you're 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 reaching, you've got to go. There, there there's kind of a trail, right? people are connected. The right people are connected to the right people is what I've found as I've continued to climb. And you kind of go through these seasons. So for me, I initially went into, okay, who's the top? Who's the best? Who's been around the longest, right? Who's the top? Who's the best? Who's been around the longest? Okay. Tony Robbins. He's the top. He's the best. He's been around the longest. You can't deny it. Right. Uh, Jim, uh, uh, John Maxwell. He's got, he's sold 51 bestsellers. He's the top, he's the best, you can't deny it. Eric Thomas, number one motivational speaker in the world. He's the top, he's the best, you can't deny it. Les Brown, Jim Rohn, um, you know, any of those guys. Uh, uh, Napoleon Hill, uh, Zig Ziglar. So I started there. And as I started with the ones that are accredited, super well-known, and they've made their mark, there's no denying it. You start to find people that are connected 
to them, people that are using similar systems, people that have shown success, right? Like you start to find them in those webs, like you said, in those, yeah. in those, in those interwebs. So you start hanging out with other people that read Napoleon Hill or that uh, share his philosophies and strategies. And that's how I've been able to do it. I just had to start at the very tippy top where there was no doubt and then start to make connections through those people. Who's Eric Thomas connected to? Well, he's connected to Jamal. My buddy Jamal, um, so Jamal I met through Eric Thomas. Jamal was a police officer. He just retired last year. He was a police officer his entire life, making 65,000 a year, I think is what he peaked out at. He retired from the police force with like 4.5 million in real estate because the whole time from the very first day he was a police officer, he took 20% of his paycheck and he made investments over years. He was a millionaire 12 or 13 years in, but he stayed on the police force making $65,000 a year. Amazing story, right? And so now he shares his strategies on how he became a millionaire in real estate making 65 grand a year. But if you just hear that on the web, you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. Right. But because I know he's associated with Eric, I met him through Eric. I know that he's trustworthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I would suggest. Start at the top, see who's connected, work your way down. Yeah. Um, talking about starting at the top, I'd love for you to maybe talk a little bit about uh, uh, how folks can connect with you. More importantly, the hashtag hustle and grind stuff with rise and grind stuff, which is so cool. Uh, let's, uh, and uh, you're a morning person, you're a morning ritual kind of guy. So am I, um, for a lot of the folks that are listening, they're part of what I call the 5am club. So they, I run a call every single morning at 5am Pacific time. And Sweet. so it's five minutes at 5am Pacific time. It started off with three people, grew to 10, grew to 30. Today we have over 6,000 people on a live call every single no morning, way. five minutes, uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And that's incredible. It's, it's totally free. Uh, and it's been, it's been, you know, when I look back, Glenn, uh, companies, businesses, family, all of that. And me and my wife will tell you, Sean's more proud of the 5am club than anything else because we literally started it from nothing. And today right. it's people's, it's their cadence, right? Yeah. Um, but you've got the rise and grind, which is a, which is a cool movement that you built from the ground up. Love for you to talk about that. Cause I know that uh, a lot of people would be interested in that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So yeah, hashtag rise and grind is similar. You know, I was looking on the uh, old social media and it was nothing but negativity and violence and politics and all the crap. And I was like complaining about it. You know, I'm like, this sucks. The internet sucks. People suck. <laughs> and then it hit me like, Dude, stop complaining and do something about it. Just create your own, create your own space. So I decided that I was going to create a space online that people could go to first thing in the morning, every single day for motivation, education, and inspiration with a promise that there would never be any politics in there. There would never be any violence in there. And I've even had people tell me like, well, Glenn, you just can't ignore what's going on in the world. Yeah, I sure can. For the first part of the day, it's going to be there for me later. I can ignore it for a while. And so that's what we do. We come together and it started with just me in a utility closet with a microphone and a, and a webcam. And now we have, you know, tens of thousands of, of people that watch the show, uh, 5.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and for anybody that wants to join or be a part of that, if you just go to glennlundy.com, it really links to everything. All my social media handles, 
800% club stuff, rise and grind stuff. Uh, everything's at glennlundy.com. We'd love for you to come join us. We have a group on Facebook, hashtag rise and grind. It's got, uh, I think, 32,000 members in it as of right now. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's nothing but motivation, education, and inspiration. People are always trying to inundate it with all the other stuff. We've got 32 moderators that just constantly <laughs> clean it out. Amazing. Because that is our little happy, safe, uh, utopia on yeah. online. So that's awesome that you've been doing that. So a live call, like on a zoom or on a no, phone. Great. It's a, it's an old school conference call number that you dial in and that from, many people dial in from anywhere in the world. And so we got local numbers from everywhere and people dial in and 5am club.net for folks that want to uh, chime in totally free and they come on and it's, uh, it's, it's seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's, it's amazing. People are like, Oh, tomorrow's Christmas. I'm like, is it end in DIY? Yeah, we're going to do it, right? Like this is, it doesn't change. And you just what, hop on for five. So you yep. just give a five minute like rally cry? Yep, five minutes. And we do, um, and I got a couple of uh, folks that want to continue to build their platform. So we've got a couple of like guest speakers that come and do it. Yeah. But um, I, I'm on, you know, roughly five days a week and uh, and 365 days a year. And the show goes on. It's uh, it's taking How long have you been life, doing it? It's a four years now. So wow. little, yeah, a little over... It started off originally just as uh, weekdays, and you'll you'll appreciate this. Started off as weekdays, right? Talking to my coach, and my coach is like, uh, "So tell me one thing you're really proud of." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm really proud of the 5 a.m. club." He's like, "Okay, well, just so you know, uh, five days a week divided by seven days a week is 71 percent, which means you're getting a C minus grade on this." So if you really think this is that amazing, you should do it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was right. like, sleeping. And so I was like, okay, well then I just, I, you know, one post to the group and I'm like, Hey, we go, we're going seven days a week now, 365 days a year. And that caught fire. And we, um, I, uh, my wife laughed when she said, she's like, Hey, you know, it's one of those things that no one can really catch you because even if they right. started today, you're still right. a thousand calls ahead. Yeah. And uh, it's also live only, not record. Uh, it's recorded, but as the recordings never shared. So right. if they're not live, no one hears it. it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. We've done, uh, I just did episode 696 oh. this morning. Um, each episode's roughly 30 minutes long. Uh, I put together like a full on PowerPoint presentation. We have oh, visuals, we have and all that stuff. You, and you got, um, you got your intro music and stuff. Dude, your, yours is legit. Well, I'm I'm not saying it's any any better than yours. I was just pointing out like that's why I'm not doing the weekends. <laughs> I'm not doing the weekends. They've they've asked for it. They're like, please, can we have rising ground on the weekends? I'm like, no, no, I am not. I need two days, please. That's awesome. But uh, uh, we have talked about that before. I commend and honor your commitment because I know what that takes. Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand. When you commit to doing something every single day, it completely transforms every aspect of your life. Every decision you make the night before, every time you time you decide to travel or to go anywhere, uh, every time you think the baby stayed up all night, so I'm not gonna do it today, like all of that gets eliminated, man, complete complete transformation. That's why nobody can do it, man. So I've never met anyone like you and I won't be able to catch you. That's for sure. Cause you'll keep rocking and rolling, but I'd love to run side by side with you. That's for no, sure. It's, it's awesome. And I think just your, your number of, uh, your number of hours of doing this, 
like far outshadows mine. Like, uh, <laughs> like 30 minutes with the PowerPoint and like music is insane. It's it's such a production every time. It's, oh, it's awesome. Man. Um, hey man, um, Glenn, I can't I'll thank trade you enough you. for I'll having trade someone you having someone like you come and share, you know, drop amazing wisdom. I think all of us, uh, we have a, a lot of entrepreneurs listening, and from time to time, the tactical ideas, stuff that we were taught, that wish we were taught in business school, that we we have to wait for the school of hard knocks to actually get there. And learning from folks like you who have, you know, literally taken something from nothing to something so much more meaningful and now you're turning around and sharing that with others is awesome so can't thank you enough for being on and dropping some uh, some gold with us thanks my man really 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 enjoyed it love the format you're amazing super glad we connected Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com dot com.